You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. text messages good stuff all the way around everybody is uh in agreement very frustrated with uh well everybody knows the nba is a joke but nascar people are chiming in realizing it's the same thing isn't it it's amazing how those two sports parallel one another in complete and utter fan incompetence joining us now in the program it's marva in miami marva good morning how are you Good morning, Rick. I'm doing great. Good. Doing Good. great. Good. So, you know. <laughs> How I, you? Oh, by the way, <laughs> happy belated birthday to your lovely daughter. I saw the post. My goodness Thank gracious. Thank you, yeah. So my daughter, my daughter turns 23 today, and your daughter is 10. How in the world did your daughter get to double digits already? That's not real, is it? I know. It, it's really weird. I don't understand it. <laughs> like, she's with a baby. What's happening? I know. What, what's going think? on? They grow up. I know. I know. <sighs> All right. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Let Tech Fan have it. Carolina, you've been struggling. I'm not going to. I don't take any joy out of this. <laughs> uh oh. Here Running we go. Down what happened on Saturday? Here we I go. Don't. Okay. Because I know it's hard for Tech Fan. I don't take any joy out of this. You know, I have no animosity towards my friends in Blacksburg. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> you all right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, do, you need a do you need a moment? Do you need like a? Do you do you need a new? Do you need a new NASCAR stage? You want to just start this over in stages again? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with NASCAR. I can't speak to that. <laughs> or why I'm coughing so much? Excuse me, everyone. I'm sorry. But again, uh, I take no joy in this. But, you know, I did watch Carolina take on Virginia Tech at home on Saturday, of course. And, you know, Carolina was coming off a tough loss on the road to Syracuse. And fans are grumbling. You know how it is. Fans grumble, grumble, grumble. Well, you struggled. They've been struggling a little bit. Yeah, they've had the the Tuesday night games have not been good for Carolina. Every loss Carolina has in conference, uh, three losses now, have been on Tuesday nights. So I'm so glad this week Carolina does not play on Tuesday night. Um and I thought of you immediately when I watched this game when I saw Tech come out there in those black uniforms. And I was like, 
black uniforms. Mm. Did they wear black in Carolina? Yeah, they did. Oh, my God. And I was like, I didn't know. I did. Did they change their colors? Thank you. Is Thank you. No, no, I didn't know what no. Was going on. But boy, they love to wear them, especially the basketball team. So, oh my God, they can't wait. I don't. But when I it. saw them, I immediately thought of you, and I knew it was going to be a good day for the heels. Yes. And I yes. right. Okay. You were right. So you know, Tech actually did get off to a good start. They scored the first five points of the game, and then <laughs> Carolina woke up. Yep. And went on a 10-0 run, and the Hokies went three minutes without scoring. And, you know, obviously that's not good. Um, in the last three minutes of the half, Tech did the same thing, three minutes without scoring, and that really allowed Carolina to pull away from them. So Harrison Ingram had a great first half for the Heels. He scored a double-double in the first 20 minutes. He had 11 points, 12 rebounds. And for the Hokies, Tyler Nickel, you know, a UNC transfer, he had a good half. He made three threes. Um at the half, though, it was 50 to 39 Carolina. 50 points was 50 the most points, that the right. Hokies have given up in a half all year. Well, in the first half, because so, they gave up 56 to um, Miami down at their place. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I no, it's okay. Aware of that. Sorry. No. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that seems like a bad thing to mention. But yeah, I, I did not know they had done that. But oh, yeah, oh. Uh, not good for Tech. Um, Second half, Armando Baycott just went off. You know, he had a he had an okay first half, but it was a little quiet. But the second half, he just took over. Um, you know, Tech started double teaming him, and he was either able to pass out of the double team to open teammate, or he went up the basket and he was often getting fouled, which got the Tech uh, big men in foul trouble. And you know, after the course, after they all got in foul trouble, they couldn't be as aggressive on defense. And so, you know, it wasn't just Baycott, though. The Carolina was going aggressively to the basket, and Carolina won this game um, on points in the paint. And I'm not really sure, you know, if Carolina was just having a great day and Tech was just having a down day or what, but um, that was a big problem uh, for the Hokies. Baycott finished the day with 25 points. He had 19 of those in the second half and 12 boards. And he made 11 of 16 shots. This was his uh, 13th double-double on the year. Uh, Carolina actually had four players to score in double digits in this one. In addition to Baycott and Ingram, R.J. Davis threw in 20 points. Cormac Ryan had 16. It was just a good day for the Heels offensively. Um, and the Carolina also played really good defense in this one. You know, the Hokies are known for being good shooters. Um especially from the three-point line. But UNC really clamped down on that. Um, only gave up seven threes on 26 attempts. Uh, Sean Padula went three for 13 on the day. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's not playing you know, well at all. MJ Collins was the leading scorer, though, for the uh, Hokies uh, 19 points. But it was just like I said, it was just Carolina's day. I mean, Carolina shot 57, nearly 57% from the field. Final score, 96-81 UNC. A lot of and points. now both teams are going to face UVA next. It's a lot of points. You know, they, uh, yeah, a lot of points scored. Um, and it's it's just not, like I said, it's not going to get easier. Uh, uh, Tech gets UVA tonight at home, and Carolina's going to face them on the road on Saturday afternoon. So, you know, tough games coming up for both schools. Let me ask you a serious question because you are a Carolina lifer and you do, you know, pay attention to a lot of this stuff the way you should. Where do you put Baycott? Like, I know he's played five years. 
and this isn't just me giving you a hard time about him, but like you mentioned, he's got 13 double-doubles. It's the quietest 13 mm-hmm. double-doubles in the nation. A lot of times I watch, he doesn't impact the game like you would think that he would. What is your take yeah, on Yeah, he's had a couple of right? things where he just like went off. Like, right, like, right. You know, like I said, the second half of the Tech game, he was like that in the Duke game. Um, there's another game. And then other times he's quieter. And I just think it's hard where I rank him in terms of like UNC players. Yeah. It's yeah. really tough. And I haven't honestly haven't thought about that. But I think it's more speaks to his personality. Like everybody says, he's a great guy. He's a nice guy. He's a wonderful teammate, that type of thing. But I just think, you know, some people or some players are just naturally more aggressive than other players are, right? And I just feel like he's not. That's just not the type of player he or type of person he is. There's just, there has to be something, you know, within you that you're just going to, you know, you're going hard all the time. Like, you know, that transfer that Carolina has this year, Brandon Ingram, he brings that. Like, he has that on the court. Yeah, he does. And I just feel like that's not, that's just not who he is. Like, and I, you know, I don't know why, but I mean, I know that he can, you know, bring that at times. And I, I guess it just speaks more to who he is. And if he gets a lot of criticism from uh, fans. And I I feel like some of it, though, is unwarranted um, because, uh, you know, he, he goes out there and he scores. <laughs> Basically, you're and saying you know, he's soft. And do make that soft claim <laughs> on him. But I, I just feel like that's unfair. And I feel like people are talking, oh, I'll be glad when he's gone. I'm like, oh, really? Why well, is it unfair, though? When, when we don't have those points. I don't know who's scoring those points. I mean, I know we have always, obviously, Carolina, always new players are coming in. But I'm like, no, you're going to miss those points. And I think you're going to miss, I think he's a great ambassador for the school. Like, I think he's about team and all that. He's not like, it's about me type of player either. Um, So I, I appreciate those things about him. And I wish he didn't get so much criticism. Well, see, that's the mindset, though, that... That's where we are today. Like, it's okay to criticize somebody. You're not putting them down personally. Well, no, it's not okay. But but some people are. Like, I I know that you wouldn't be. You'd be talking about play on the, the play on the court. court. This is just but, watching you know, him as a player. Some people right, are, right. and it's just like, really, like, because um, I don't know the guy. The people, I, I don't either. But I'm right. just saying, by all accounts, from like the current coaching staff, the old coaching staff of Roy Williams, it was always you know positivity, always. You know, building up his teammates and deferring to other people, and you know maybe he does that too much, and maybe it's like I said, maybe it is a personality thing. Um, you know, uh, you're talking about the NBA, and I, I see Shaq so much talking about current players, and he's always talking about you know be aggressive, be all time, you should be, and and that's the kind of motor that he had, and that's what he wants to to see, um, and it just. Like I said, I really do think it may be even a personality thing. Some people are just not that way, not made that way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't you know. You still score a lot of points, but it's just, you know, it's just a different different thing, different way of, of approaching uh, the game. His, his future, I just know the last two years, you know, he's wanted to be evaluated by the NBA. And if that league is telling you you're too soft and not ready to play the game, then I don't know where your future might be, but it may not be in that league going forward. We'll see. We'll, well see. you know, it, it might not. I mean, it's not for most college players, right? We know that. I mean, there have been phenomenal college players who couldn't get it done at the next level because, 
you know, I was watching a bit of the All Star game last night, and they had Kenny Smith uh, oh was there, and he was talking about how he never made to be Whew. an All Star. You decided and to watch saying, the All Star game? Oh my goodness, you're a I glutton did, for I did, punishment. Well, I didn't watch all of it, but I did watch some of it. And, you know, he was. I saw this little segment. He was talking about, you know, he when he first came into the NBA, he's like, you know, I was this and that in college, and he thought, you know, he was all that, and he's like, oh, so was everybody else, you know. And it's just, you come down, you come crashing down. He's like, you know, of course, I think he's happy with his career. He got two rings with the Rockets. But it's just a different environment. Yeah, it's bad. We could just talk about the the all-star game from that. I know there's a lot of belly aching about it, and I'm sure you've been doing that this morning. But to me, when I look at the all-star game, I look at it as just a fun exhibition and just a time to see some incredible athleticism. That's the way I look at it. Like, I don't expect to see... Uh, you know, competitive game, because I'm I'm also thinking about the players and about you know what they really care about and yeah, what they really they care, care about, about money. obviously what's happening. They well, care well, about money. They're professionals, and so no, they care about that as well. They care about they money. They care about lifestyle. Um, they don't care about the game. Nobody in the NBA well, no, today I, cares about the game. I I don't think that's true. I, I mean, I think that would be. I, I just can't imagine, and I'm not even a fan of his. But I, I would never say that LeBron James doesn't care about the game. Not only he cares about the game, Curry doesn't care about the game. I would never say Steph Curry doesn't care about the game. There might be individual people. The overall feel, though, is those guys care about the lifestyle. They clearly don't care well, about the game. No, it's just an exhibition, and it's just for no, fun. This isn't. And you see incredible no, no. athleticism, and I'm just thinking if I'm a GM or even if I'm a head coach. I don't want my top player getting hurt in an all-star game because he's trying to take a charge against LeBron James. I think that's ridiculous. Like, I mean, it is, it just, it kind of is what it is. If you don't like it, watch it. Who's the greatest player of all time? Who's the greatest player of all time? It's Michael Jordan. All right. Uh, During his era, did he ever take an all-star game off? Did he ever say that he didn't want to win the all-star game? Did he ever say that, hey, this is just an exhibition and I don't feel like going out there and giving my Well, no, he never said he didn't want to win anything. Like, I mean, I would say clearly the players on the East, they wanted to win. And I'm not going to say the players on the West didn't want to win. I don't really know what was going on there. But when they heard that they were close to the scoring record (laughs) – because the record had been 196 <laughs> points, and at the end of the third, I think they had like 160. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, we can break this record. Yeah. It's and so symbolic. It's hard for this record because they wanted to break the scoring record. But the All Star um, game is symbolic of what's going on in the league as a whole. Look at the final score. Look at this. Look at the league right now. Look at some of these scores that you see night in and night out. What's going on in the All-Star game supposed to be the collection of the best in the world. If you want to see how these guys, where they are, really, it's not about going head-to-head in this league. Look how much we're failing now in international competitions. The rest of the world's playing the game the way Jordan's NBA played it. We're playing the game now in AAU type of influence. So do you think we're not going to win the gold medal? We are not going to win the gold medal in the Olympics. I think we're going to win the gold medal. We are not. I think we're going to we're going to win the gold medal. I don't think we are. And I think I mean it's going to be closer because obviously the rest of the world is caught up. I mean, when this thing first started, we first started putting our professionals out there, like. You know what? Here's why we're not going to win the. You know, the world was not ready. People don't want to hear this, but here's why we're really not going to win the gold medal. You ready? Because why? Not just the NBA, but today's professional athletes don't have half the pride in this country and what it truly represents as those other players in other countries have in their country. 
And that's why. Well, I mean, I also think part of that, if you're talking about basketball, is because everybody sees the NBA as being top in basketball. So it's like I think that they're these other countries, they may not have, you know, that much going on. And so the Olympics are a bit bigger, but I still think the Olympics matter. And I know that, you know, this year Draymond Green was not selected because all his off-court issues. They decided not to put him on the team. I guess they didn't Ooh, want an international. That's pretty big. That's pretty him. big of them not to put a guy on the team that's but, beating up other players in the league. Boy, what a great gesture by the NBA. But, but what I'm saying though is, <sighs> to say that it matters is that he talked about this and he was hurt by that and oh, he was not put on the team. That's he shame. wanted to play. That's shame. And so I think a lot of players do still want. <laughs> it still matters. They still want to because when the United States doesn't win these things, you know, like if. If Australia doesn't win, I mean, like there's just somewhat disappointment, but they're like, yeah, you know, we lost the United States, or what do you expect? But when the United States doesn't win, it's seen as, I mean, it's, it's a big failure. Not as much anymore. So, I mean, I it used to be. Yeah, you're right. It used to but be it's huge still news. It's a failure, though. It's still, I mean, it's not as much as it used to be, but it's because it's happened, you know, but it's still seen as a big deal. Uh, because the NBA is seen as the best basketball of the world. If you were so, giving me a betting line, if you were, if you were giving me a betting line right now, I would take the rest of the world versus the United States in the Olympics. Didn't you do that the last time, and then we won the gold medal? You did it the last time. Did we win the gold medal? We did. Did we? I don't even know. Yes, we did. And well, I think we're going to win it again, men and women. We've just lost the last two, though, international competitions. So maybe, maybe yes, that's just... but that's not the sa- that's that's not the same, Rick. I know that's building up to the Olympics, but it is not the same. Okay, right. okay, we are going to win. I, I'm just saying it right here today. Men and women will win the gold medal. The women will. Yes, I believe the women will. I'm not going to say the men. And the men too. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I hope see. you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, I don't want them not to win. I just, I don't think they're going to. I don't like you do. <laughs> well, I'm I just mean, saying. I, I'm just. I love the United States. I don't know where you. <laughs> well, they don't. Judge or they don't. They don't. That league spends most of its time protesting the United States. So how can they go out there and stand there and say they want to be part of, you know, the Olympic oh. team? Come but, on. You know, from the very beginning of the United States, protests have been part of the United States. Now, I'm just saying, so, though, in terms of professional sports leagues. doesn't mean that they don't. Don't love the United States. Okay, and again, I think we're going to win. I think we will. Okay, all right. I hope you're right. I, I really do. If you send me to the Olympics again. I'm happy to be the. the well, yeah, that's the, the plan. We're going to send you. We'd love to send you out there again and be our correspondent. So that would be great. Yeah, yeah if you don't mind doing that. <laughs> I'd love to. You know, okay. I, I seriously, I do love the summer. It's uh, my favorite. So. Yeah, track it, is. Field, it is. Swimming, yeah, it is. I just, I love it. That's my favorite Olympics. I agree so. with you. I, the track, you're right. I think you nailed the two that I really like. Uh, I'm not a great swimmer, but I really like the swimming. And you're right. I love watching what? the you're track and field. You hated it when I talked about swimming. Not swimming. You, you said you never watched it. No, it was, um, I thought we were talking about like gymnastics and stuff like that. I don't get into that. No, no, no. We've, I love swimming. And you were always like, oh, you were like, that was boring or something. I don't know. I love swimming. I, I love, love the track, track and field. field. I do love the track and I lo- field. I mean, I, I love it all. It's the Summer Olympics are fun. I remember watching Usain Bolt run, and I'm just like, is that a human being? <laughs> is that really a human being? Good Lord. Yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. Pretty fat. yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He could probably still still do, well, I don't know if he'd win at this, this stage of the game of his life, but he still, I bet he still has some, some speed on him. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure y'all. There's no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. 
All right. Well, listen, we appreciate you as always. Congrats to your heels. And um, I'm glad you had a great birthday weekend with your young lady. That's pretty cool. Thank you. And give her my best. She has no idea who I am, but give her my best. No, she doesn't, but I will tell her. Well, she knows you're the guy going on the radio with. <laughs> okay. Oh, is that the radio guy? She may uh-huh. not be able to pick you out. <laughs> that hurts, Marva. That hurts. Yeah. Well, just because we, she's never met you. I know. I know. I know. Because I, Lord knows when you're out driving around the area, you don't stop by. I know. I know. I don't go that, I don't go that way, but okay. one day we're going to yeah. make it up there. Okay. All right. All right. All right, well, listen, be good. Have a great week, and uh, try not to get too cold down in Miami. I will do that. All right, all right. Take care. Give my best to your family. All right. That's a Marva in uh, Miami. Her heels playing uh, well this weekend. We'll see if that continues as they struggled leading up to the Tech game, but uh, no problem at all with the Hokies on Saturday. Tim Thomas here in about 10 minutes. More coming up here on a Monday. Thanks to Marva. Man, I wish I had that dude's voice. Love the monster truck voice guy. All right, we're halfway home. Tim Thomas joins us next from Tech Lunch Bell. We'll recap the Tech Basketball Weekend. Baseball got underway as well. Took two out of three down in Charlotte. We're coming up here on a Monday. Yeah, man, I love Eastern Grant Knoll. You talk about a fun interview. Uh, he used to come in studio sometimes too. It was great, great to hang out with Grant Knoll. Talk about a guy who I don't, you know, I'm, there, there were a lot better players, obviously, Virginia Tech football, but that was a guy that had the mindset to. He was as competitive as any guy I've ever met over there. Everybody remembers Grant Knoll, man. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks to Marva. Great stuff from her, as always. And we'll get back to your uh, text messages. A lot of them have been flying in today about our various uh, topic selection today. Tim Thomas from the Tech Lunch Bell joining us. Tim, I think we have you. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I think you do. Okay. Hey, Rick, how are you? Doing all right. Just hearing a lot of noise in the background. Wasn't sure if something was... Off. There we go. That's a little better. There you go. There you go. Now it's better. That's, you doing Perfect. good? How are you, man? Uh, I am doing well. I hope you are also. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's Monday, so we're seeing how it goes. But uh, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, it went well for the Tech women. A, a dominating performance, continuing to show they're the best team in the ACC as they didn't let Louisville really breathe a lot. I just know that when you shoot 65% even at home, it's impressive. Boy, when you do it on the road, it's, it's just mind-boggling. It was dominant yesterday, Rick. There's no other way, no, no good, better word. It was just a dominant performance. And, you know, yes, you're probably not going to shoot 65% every game. But, you know, I mean, we, we reminded yesterday that Virginia Tech has two of the ten best players in the country, Liz Kitley and Georgia Amor, who were phenomenal. I mean, both of them were extremely – I think Amor was like eight for nine, I want to say. It was – which is just, a, you know, that's one thing for a, a forward or a center to do. That's another thing for a guard – 
to do that. Um, Amor and Kittler are both phenomenal, and the role players stepped up. Matilda Eck was 5 for 7 yesterday. Kayla King was hitting threes. Um, Carly Wenzel made a lot of good plays. Olivia Summiel, the way she's fitting into her role at the four, you know, not scoring a lot, but doing all the, the little things, rebounding a lot, just really effectively doing a little thing. Like I said, Eck, you know, has really become that consistent third third option scoring-wise that Tech has been needing. And, you know, King, if I mean, if Kayla King starts finding her form that we know and have seen from her in the past as well, I mean, right now, Rick, this team is playing like the best team in the ACC. There's no doubt about it. Um you know, Kenny Brooks has supreme, I think, control and understanding and grasp now on the roster that he has, the rotations and the lineups that he can work with, and also the adjustments within that that he needs to go with, whether he needs, you know, that he's comfortable going man to zone based on the lineup in there as well. I think, you you know, when they went a little bigger at times with Strack and, and even some of they went zone, um, you know, rather than, you know, man to man knowing, all right, you know, we can add some size and length and rebounding. We're going to have to make some adjustments defensively. Um, but I, I think that's that's the thing is, you know, Kenny, I mean, we think back to December and early in November, and when they lost to Iowa, Kenny Brooks said, like, we're figuring things out. we got a lot to figure out still. You know, well, they're figuring it out all right, and they've won nine straight now. I mean, this is, this is you know, like I said, and yesterday, to go on the road to a top-20 team, to play this way, I thought they were pretty good defensively as well, which has been a big area of improvement for this. You could argue for this team compared to last year's even. They have more depth, which is probably helping helping as well. So they are seven eight. You know, their rotation seven eight, and if they needed to, they they could go a little farther down the bench if they were ever in a situation where foul trouble got so bad. You know, like they have some talented players. For like, it's it's a fantastic spot to be in if you're like that. Kenny Brooks' team right now and. I mean, I think they were what? They were number 10, I think, basically. They were a three-seed in that uh, top 16 reveal. I mean, the way they're playing right now, I mean, this win is just another huge quality win. I, I mean, who knows, Rick? They, they might be able to win out and get themselves all the way to the one line again. I mean, we're having some deja vu, I think, here right now with the way the team. I'm not sure if there's a team in America, maybe South Carolina, who's played better over the last month than Virginia Tech. Yeah, South Carolina's in a different realm of existence. But yeah, you're right. I think I think uh Tech will be I think they're gonna climb back up to a number two seat. I can absolutely see that. Yep. I mean I, I don't think there's any question because I think yep. they're gonna be heavy favorites uh, to win the ACC term. If that happens, I don't know how they could even consider leaving them below a two line, really. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, well I think if you know, if they win ACC term as well, I mean obviously they gotta I think they basically have to win out if they want to get to the one line, but if they win out which, you know, is not going to be easy to do at all. But, you know, you can't rule it out the way they're playing right now, even with the trip to Notre Dame among the remaining regular season games. Like, they would have a hard time with, with what that resume would look like at that point. Let me ask you this. We're nitpicking now at this point with the way they're playing. But are you concerned about the minutes a player like Liz Kitley is – you know, just eating up every game. 36 even in this game. She's had a couple of 40-minute games. I mean, she is 6'6". After a while, that's going to wear on a uh, post player's body. Yeah, it's not ideal, Rick, but, I mean, we saw it last year. I mean, this is actually slightly less, I think, in some ways. The last year, when it was, you know, 40 minutes and, you know, they couldn't even get her out at the end of a game or didn't have someone they could bring in and still have a big lineup. Like, this year, having Strack 
who can work at the four but also can take a few minutes at the five. I think it's been big. And, and I think you're seeing, you know, Kenny try to find ways, even if, you know, both are on the floor, to get them in situations where maybe they're not, you know, being as, as demanded upon. You know, I think about yesterday in the fourth quarter, a lot of that where, you know, watching that game, you saw Georgia or Amor working off ball. You know, take you know, not bring you know, with Louisville pressing, you would think you'd want it in the hands of Georgia Amor, and yet there are plenty of situations where they didn't. You know, in that fourth quarter, and they let King and Wenzel, and part of that was the margin allowed them to do that. And I think, like I said, maybe and let Amor take a little less wear and tear from having to bring it up every single time against the press. Um, you know, like I think that I think little things like that as well. When you can do those, some of those things that will help also. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it always is. There, there's no doubt. But I think they've been able to this year get a few extra minutes. And they're also able to buy some minutes earlier in the season too. I think that's that's something that could pay off down the road. Is the fact that you look back in November, December, how much they had to play Kitley and Amor then compared to the year before, it wasn't a much. You know, I think Rick, that's going to be another big thing. But at some point in the day, you know, you're kind of it is what it is. You know, that's it's kind of the sport. You know. You're going to have a chance to rest up here soon. I mean, this week will help. But you kind of this, this next couple of weeks is interesting because you get a week till North Carolina, then you have two more games at Notre Dame at UVA. Then you're going to get basically another full week because they're not going to play till Friday um, in Greensboro um, because they would at this point it would take something stunning for them to not have that double bye in Greensboro and. Then you get another full week, full week plus off till the NCAA tournament. So, you know, Rick, I, I think they're going to be able to rest up, and I, I think there's not as much wear and tear this year, the co- collective wear and tear this year, as, as they've had the old last year. It's still a lot, but it's not as much in, in some ways. He is Tim Thomas joining us on the program. Of course, he's the founder and editor of the Tech Lunch Pail, covering everything from a Virginia Tech sports point of view. All right, let's uh, let's flip over to the men's side, and um, not such good news. Ninety six eighty one loss at North Carolina ahead of their game tonight against UVA, and uh, you knew Carolina was going to have a little uh, a little sense of trying to get back on track, and they certainly played like it on Saturday. Yeah, I mean North Carolina is phenomenal. You know, Rick, what's fascinating? These two games, there's so much well because North Carolina got control of this game early, you know, fairly early on. And Tech tried, kind of like Louisville, we saw Tech try to chip, would chip away some of the second half, and North Carolina would pull it right back. Tech chipped away, North Carolina pulled it right back. But, yeah, I mean, that, look, it, it's kind of almost the same. Like, when you have two of the top 15 or 20 players in the country, you're North Carolina with Baycott and R.J. Davis. I mean, it's just, you, you know, you're, it's, it's tough. And foul trouble, I think, was, was tricky for Tech yesterday. With Makai Long banged up, you get all your, you know, Barron is in foul trouble. Pokey's in foul trouble. Kids in foul trouble. Like, it's just, what to be frank. And, and, I mean, you know, Mike Young even said it after the game, you know, he wishes he, you know, he, he, he knew he kind of put Pat Wessler in a bad spot there when he brought him in briefly, especially against Baycott. I mean, as soon as they Wessler came in to take on Baycott, North Carolina went right after him. And, and I mean, Baycott, I mean, they, they would try to, you know, they tried to match it up single, one-on-one, they tried to match double-team a good amount, and he was making shots through double-teams, or making great passes out of double-teams, open shooters like Cormac Bryant. That's just a really good one. When North Carolina shows up, when they have the intensity, you know, that it takes to play it in college hoops, I mean, they're hard to beat. 
anyone in the country. It's just hard to beat. I think there's, you know, it doesn't help as well. Hunter Couture and Sean Padula go combined six for 23. Um, I mean, you're, this tech team's just not going to win much. Or you're not going to win much in general when your two best, your two leading scorers go six for 23 in a game. I thought MJ Collins was phenomenal in this game, to be honest. I thought he, he and Elijah Potu, I think, did a tremendous job handling, dealing with foul trouble and still being effective. Um, I thought both of those guys really stepped up. Tyler Nichols as well. They kind of keep Tech in this one um, and give them a chance. And it was fascinating to see, you know, Padula not playing great, not scoring the ball well. So Mike Young hands the keys over to MJ Collins, who's playing well, um, and lets him run the show for the final eight, nine minutes. Padula didn't play the final eight, nine minutes. Um, you know, having just a cold shooting day and Couture, I, I don't think I think this first time where he took that one kind of pull up transition three. It's like normally green light always for Hunter Couture, but he just wasn't. He just didn't have his normal shooting day. It was like okay, maybe that was a force there that you shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I mean, it's part of it's North Carolina, Rick. At the end of the day, you're, you're playing an elite team. Um, so I think you can't, like, I mean, six turnovers, that's something you can be very encouraged by. The play of Collins and Pote on a day where Padula and Couture were six for 23, and you went one for 12 from three in the second half. And they were missing good looks. Like, I think you could, if you're Mike Young, you you know, I think you could sleep pretty well knowing, all right, like, we just had a bad shooting day in certain areas. And we had a couple of players, especially Couture, who will not shoot that bad that normally, given the quality and the selection of shots he got. And that just happened. And, you know, at the end of the day, a 15-point game, you go 1 for 12 from 3, you, you shoot normal. Or even slightly below average, shoot 4 for 12. It's a completely different ball game that plays out down the stretch. So, you know, 15-point loss is not great. The game got a little out of hand at the end there. Um, but I think it was a better game than the score suggests that Virginia Tech played. And, you know, you got to take the positives now and turn around quickly because you got a big opportunity tonight against UVA, um, and you need these wins if you want to avoid, you know, playing on Tuesday in D.C. Well, that's right. I think that's got to be their focus to try to finish up as well as they can here in the regular season just to get as better of a seat as they can coming up. And UVA, you know, it's not an unwinnable game. Clearly, they're very good defensively again. They're kind of uneven on offense. So who knows? I mean, if you get off to a good shooting start, Crowd will be uh, full throat for this rivalry game. So we'll see how they respond. Short turnaround time, though, for both teams over the weekend. Yeah, Rick, and I tell you this, I think it's a good thing that that whole, um, I assume it'll be in play tonight, that whole Smithfield bacon promotion for two missed free throws. Um, I think Smithfield's relief, it's only a one-time deal and not every time that happens because <laughs> if you be shooting at the free throw line like they did against Wake Forest, I mean, ooh. <laughs> that, 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 they will lose, by the way. If they if they go one for 11 for the free throw line tonight or anything near that, they probably lose this basketball game. If they don't, um, there will be a great amount of frustration in that tech locker room after this game. Because I, I don't know how – how do you win a basketball game when you go one for 11 from the free throw line? I, I mean, it's – but it's Tony Bennett's defense. You know, that Tony Bennett defense is just – that pack line defense, it doesn't matter how the game changes. It holds up, and that defense is clicking um, like a, like an old-school Tony Bennett defense. They're getting enough from us, not just Beatman and others, but others, but that's going to be a fun one tonight. You know, I think Tech can very much get this game, even with UBA playing some really good basketball late. 
you know, you know, Castle Call seems to be rocking tonight. You know that environment's going to be great. So it should be a fun one tonight. Big Monday. There's Big Monday game, always fun. Always fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Tim, I know you'll have everything covered. I mean, stick and ball sports are underway, wrestling, whatever we might be doing. And it's always easy for folks to become a premium member, isn't it? Yeah, you got to go to techlogical.com. Pretty simple. Make an account. You already have one. Go become an insider today. $7 a month. $70 a year playing recruiting spring football almost around the corner. We're actually talking with eight of the assistants tonight. Okay, game with a bunch of media in town. Um, so you should have a lot of great stuff coming out of that as well. So it's a great time to go there. Got plenty of great debt. Stick ball sort of baseball, softball, wrestling. Really coming to the closing stretch. Huge one coming up at NC State. Um, to decide the ACC regulars in the crown. you got to go to techlunchbill.com. It's the best place to be. Become an insider. Got some great recruiting insights right now on some top 757 targets, including four-star Messiah DeLome. You know, so answers on where Tech stands for some of these guys. Michigan's been talked about as a big-time player. Where do they stand after some of the coaching changes? Should they be, still be considered a threat? Or are those guys that they may still pursue because they think they're still fits or not? Dive into some of those things. Go to TechLunchPro.com, become an insider today. The best way to get the best coverage of Pokey Sports. All right, Tim, as always, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you next week. I appreciate it, Rick. All right, there you go. That's Tim Thomas. Good breakdown of both the uh, men's and women's basketball teams. Different results, different vibe around both programs. But he's right. This is a very winnable game for Tech tonight against the Hoos. We'll be back to wrap up Hour 2. Stay with us. You're a nightmare on the dance floor And you hate me and I want more You're a total distraction while I'm waiting for your reaction why the devil in my brain whispering my name I can hear it saying I I can ease the pain just a little taste babe and won't let right, finishing up uh, our two Got a text message here. Grundy apparently had nine state wrestling champs this weekend. What's Grundy? Is that the Golden Wave? Is that what Grundy is now? The Golden Wave? Yeah. Congratulations to Grundy. Stanton River had six wrestling champs, and they won the team title. So congratulations to uh, all the wrestlers. We have very, very... Very good wrestling throughout. Well, obviously here at Christiansburg, New River Valley, down in Roanoke. So I like to hear that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, hour three, we'll get back to your text messages. Lots of good stuff. Um, still coming on the text line about our hour one conversation. We'll talk more. I want to I start thinking about, we talked about how NASCAR has affected the entire shape of their events with these stages. If we go through the sports and the history, when were the last time, and baseball's done it obviously recently, we'll talk about some of these rule changes, why they're happening, and did they really improve the quality of the game? Right? Because you can make changes 
in terms of you know the kind of penalties and how much they're going to be enforced and things like that. But boy, when you really make a change that completely and utterly just reverses everything you're used to, that's huge. And NASCAR has done that with this whole stage implementation. I mean, you can argue, and you know, people always will, fans, or whether it's Chevy or Ford or whatever it might be, about the car makes and if they're all too uniform. And that's always been a, a long time, decades long back and forth. But they have altered their sport to this point, you know, where now it's not even the same race ever again. It's three separate races within one. And my personal opinion is that it is, it's not good. And the ratings are not reflecting that people are watching it more. Uh, I mean, your Daytona 500, right? Your Super Bowl, which has never made sense to me while they lead off the season with their biggest race. But just doesn't have the same vibe knowing you're going to be stopping a couple of times and getting refreshed and getting your car worked on. Yeah. All right. Hour three coming up. Love to get your take on that at 744-2990. Thanks to Marva and Tim Thomas as we motor along here for Monday.